0: If you've been listening to my homilies lately, you realize that I am reading this book by Father Martin Laird. It's entitled Into the Silent Land. It's about contemplative prayer. And in it, he describes a uh, young prisoner who cuts himself with a sharp knife to dull emotional pain. This prisoner says, as long as I can remember, I've had this hurt inside. I can't get away from it. And sometimes I cut or burn myself so that the pain will be in a different place and on the outside. So sad, you know, I even a, someone I love very much uh, was cutting himself. My friends, it is into this prisoner's pain and into our own pains and difficulties that Jesus presents these parables about the kingdom of God. You know, I think it is easy to look around our hot mess world and simply wonder, what has happened? What's happened to this place? Sure, there have been so many signs of the kingdom of God. Eleven faithful disciples and the Blessed Mother and a whole lot of grace have led to 1.2 billion Catholics today. 2.4 billion almost Christians, if you include the Protestants and our our Protestant brothers and sisters. This early church grew from a small outpost of the Roman Empire to literally every corner of the globe, contributing so much to art and science and literature, so much to truth, beauty, and goodness. Heroic men, women, and children, great saints, living such virtuous lives, many of them martyrs, so much fruit, so many signs of the coming kingdom what has happened what's happened to our world the church seems to be shrinking we seem to be losing the culture wars do we not our ability as a church to shape morality and values in our society societal norms and values are more and more being shaped by a world that increasingly rejects truth beauty and goodness A world that seems to have lost its understanding of what it even means to be human. A world that frowns upon biologically-based pronouns. A world that rejects women in motherhood only to embrace silly terms like birthing persons. What has happened to our world? It's like the world has gone insane, but again, It is into these circumstances of our current condition that Jesus addresses these parables. You know, only Mark recounts today's first parable, the seed. One of my favorite commentaries is written by Mary Healy. She speaks of how Mark focuses on the seed's intrinsic power to grow of its own accord, as the gospel says. The farmer knows not how. You know, it's interesting, with all the advances we've had over the course of human history in science and biology, even microbiology, life is still a mystery, isn't it? You know, it cannot be controlled. The gospel says the land yields fruit, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. You know, the farmer can do their thing, right? They can water. They can pluck those weeds, fertilize the soil. He or she can do a whole host of things. But he or she cannot ripen the green before the allotted time. It requires trust and patience. Ultimately, it requires divine providence. For the kingdom of God is a divine work, not a human accomplishment. Of course, he does ask for our help. He does ask every last one of us to help him to participate in his plan of salvation for the whole world. But it is God who brings about the growth. It is God who brings about the kingdom. And this growth, this coming of the kingdom can be imperceptible at times and sometimes even seem to be backtracking, if you will. We do, however... Well, we can cooperate with grace, but we cannot hasten its coming. We cannot hasten the coming of the kingdom any more than the farmer can harvest his or her grain in January. Yet ultimately, the kingdom will come. In fact, it is coming. And in fact, it is already here, just not yet. Already here, not yet. For the seed, God's word, has an intrinsic power of its own. And this first parable is a reminder, perhaps an encouragement to all of us, that our efforts to help bring about the kingdom are producing fruit. While also a warning perhaps to us that we cannot control the process. The kingdom of God is coming. God did break into his creation. God broke into our human condition. And he took on our flesh. And yes, He redeemed it. He paid the price for our brokenness. Ezekiel speaks of this so beautifully, speaks of this reality in the first reading. Using beautiful symbolic language, he speaks of Christ. I will take from the crest of the cedar, from its topmost branches, tear off a tender shoot and plant it on a high and lofty mountain on the mountain heights of Israel, I will plant it. Of course, he's speaking of Mount Calvary. It shall put forth branches and bear fruit and become a majestic cedar. This fruit, my friends, is our faith. The fruit is our salvation, for Jesus has conquered sin and death. How? Well, through his obedience to the Father's will, he has become that majestic cedar Of grace and Jesus did that for you he did that for me and he continues to pour forth his grace in abundance upon us but he also asks for our help let's be clear not because he needs it but because we need it we need to be doing something for our own salvation we need to be doing something for the kingdom we need to get out of our heads and off the couch like you've done this morning and serve God and our neighbor. This is also the message of the beautiful second and very familiar parable in today's gospel of the mustard seed. Jesus and his small band of followers, the smallest, the humblest of seeds, if you will, that grows to a massive bush. The seed grows, but the man does not know how. It is built this way. Jesus, of course, is the seed. It is intrinsic to our nature, even in its disordered state, to seek, to seek God. But the growth in us requires trust, trust in God's plan more than our own, and it requires patience because it is, as I said, a divine work, not a human achievement. God brings about the growth sometimes imperceptible growth, but he brings it about. So we're called to trust and to be patient. My friends, today's gospel ends by saying he spoke the word to them as they were able to understand it. Doesn't sound honestly like he had a lot of confidence that they would get it, does it? But it says to his own disciples, he explained everything in private. Who were his own disciples? Well, those he chose. Those who responded to his call. In other words, you and me. Those who have come to him. Those who continue to seek him out. Those who continue to be engaged with him. Spending time with him in private. The gospel the good news, I think, is very difficult to get at times, especially in these confusing times when the world is literally screaming so many things in our ears that are counter to the gospel. But getting it, my friends, is not a passive exercise. We must actively engage in order to get it. We must lean in, if you will, come to Jesus with minds and hearts truly open to truth, beauty, and goodness. My friends, that younger prisoner in, uh, that I referred to at the beginning of my homily, the one who had that hurt inside of him as long as he could remember, the one who cut and burned himself to try to move that pain to another place on the outside. This prisoner was simply encouraged to turn his prison cell into a monastic cell and to meditate twice a day. This prisoner said, after only four weeks of meditating half an hour in the morning and at night, the pain is not so bad. And for the first time in my life, I can see a tiny spark of something within myself that I can like. My friends, this prisoner was finally discovering who he has always been. And he's more perfectly discovering who he is. In his monastic prison cell, he found freedom and peace by encountering the God of love and mercy in private prayer. Spend time in your own monastic cells. Have a prayer chair in your bedroom. Do something. Come here before adoration throughout this week. Be generous with your time. But remember, it is not about a method. It is about a relationship. We come to prayer to encounter the person of Jesus Christ. St. Cyprian in today's office of reading says, God hears our heart, not our voice. It's not about a method. It's about a relationship. Give him your heart. For we are all called to seek the Lord. And as St. Paul said in the second reading from 2 Corinthians, we're called to walk by faith, not by sight. When we walk by sight, when we look around at the hot mess that is this world of ours, this broken world, we can very easily get discouraged, even paralyzed. But when we walk by faith, and R.S. St. Paul encouraged us to be truly courageous, when we work to bring about the kingdom and live in trust and patience, Because we are believers, we are humbly confident in God's grace, it's then we live in peace and joy. You know, Father Martin Laird says that the God we seek has already found us, already looks out of our own eyes. The reality, my friends, is the kingdom is already here. It's here in this word that we're meditating on this morning. It is there in the tabernacle right now and throughout this week. In a few moments, it will be right here on this altar, here for our adoration and reception. It is out there, my friends, in these pews, in the people of God seeking the Lord in faith. And please, God, it is also right here in our hearts and in our minds, literally looking out of our own eyes because we are in a state of grace. The kingdom is already here, but not yet. Let's work and help him bring about the kingdom more perfectly. Let's all embrace more perfectly that mustard seed and not be afraid to use it. And may God be praised. Amen.